This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, August 19th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. We're here with another live show on a Friday morning, uh, bright and early, at least for me, not as much for you. Uh, we're going to talk DFS for uh, for today's big uh, Friday slate. Um, Brad, do you have anything uh, sticking out to you this week? Uh, we only talk once a week. Uh, sticking out to you baseball-wise from this week? Any uh, big news? There's been a lot going on. Uh, one of the things I've uh, been debating on Twitter recently, uh, value of Yasiel Puig. Uh, okay. John Hayden had a report uh, suggested that if the Dodgers put Puig through waivers, he would get through. Uh, no one would claim him, and he's only fourteen million over the next couple years. Yeah, I kind of am with Heyman. I don't see that many teams that have a place for Puig. A lot of people on Twitter disagree vehemently with me, and uh, I think it's a, a difference in where we see that player. Sometimes those are weird in terms of teams wouldn't claim him because they don't think they would actually get him. They did get pulled back, or depending on how it would go. Um, I think a lot of teams would certainly take him for, you know, what he costs. But, I don't know, those can be complicated. They're, he's raking at AAA. He is know. raking at AAA, and that, that could get someone maybe excited mm-hmm. about potential. The, the, the way I see it, you, you have, say, 10 teams who really just can't afford him for whatever reason. Either they're dealing with uh, luxury tax and don't want to pay that, or they're just low payroll teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of teams that don't really have an outfield spot for him. Uh, there's a bunch of contenders who really probably don't want to deal with adding a guy who's you know, supposed to be a pretty bad clubhouse presence, uh, certainly causes a lot of distraction in the media, and just might not want to deal with that. A few of them might be willing to take the chance because they're desperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that, that, That's kind of limiting it to maybe two teams. Uh, there's... A few, the Phillies stand out as a team that really fits. They have a spot in the outfield for him. They have so much payroll available. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like very little risk to that. It doesn't even matter if he's a distraction. They can cut him later before they're even a good team. Sure. Uh, so they look like a good fit. I don't see too many others that really do uh, to me. And, and the big issue for me is, is Puig's approach. Uh, he's grounder heavy, pull heavy. It, he's going to have to overhaul his mechanics to be more than what he is now, which is upside of a league average hitter. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I, I every time I look at the numbers, no matter how hard I squit, I can't see, unless he's got a 380 bat pip, him surpassing a league average line. Mm-hmm. He, so that, uh, that's your upside as a distraction. Yeah, that's fair. No, they're, they're concerns. He, two years ago, was worth five wins. He, last year in 79 games, was worth one and a half. I mean... The defense helps as much as that's, you know, not as reliable. Uh, he is, I said this about the Dodgers the other day, that love them or hate them, they are not boring. Uh, and you see plague is the opposite of, of boring, you know. Uh, Very true. So, it's, you know, and he's only 25, so we definitely get to see what happens to him. I don't have any concept that he's not going to come back to the majors, you know. I have no concept. No, he'll come back and he'll play. He's good yeah. enough to be a starter. I don't know that he's really the first division starter that we thought he was going right. to be. Like I said, last year was a terrible year, but he, you know, one and a half wins in 79 games. Like, 
that'll play. You know, there, yeah. there's a role for him for sure. Yeah. So all, all these opinions on Puig, and that's interesting. <laughs> um, are you following this uh, Zach Britton for MVP case at all? Even a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, and it, it passes the smell test to me. You can look at relievers as Cy Young candidates when there's a lack of standout starters, in my opinion. And I think that's what we got in the AL this year. There's mm-hmm. some good pitchers, but they haven't really put together traditional Cy Young lines, whereas Britain hasn't allowed a run since April. Uh, it's definitely a big part of the Orioles' contention, and if they get close to the postseason or make it, then you know, they have to give further consideration to him being a particularly valuable player for them. Yeah, uh, Ben Lindbergh wrote a really good piece for it at The Ringer, and they ran it down on the Effectively Wild podcast, and uh, they split, some people feel differently about um, what MVP is and what Cy Young is, could be a difference, mm-hmm. um, depending on how you'd like to interpret those, Right, and, uh, and then also, you know, what they, what they mean, and um, I, it's funny because he kind of wrote a devil's advocate article, because you could tell he didn't actually believe it. But he was like, here's the case if you're going to make the case. And it's uh, it's interesting. It has a lot to do with uh, WPA and, yeah. and that kind of thing, um, which is... Yeah. Anytime you're valuing relievers, you're going to be looking at WPA because it's yeah. context-aware. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a unique way of looking at it, and it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have... I mean, that's not how I would vote, but I don't have strong opinions about it either. I think new ways to look at value are always at least interesting, you know, so... We also still have almost a quarter of the season left, so sure. it's there's, there's a lot of room for things to happen. He allows three runs one day, and all of a sudden he's not a sight young candidate anymore. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous, but uh, also yeah. interesting. But that, that's the standard for a reliever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he, yep. I got right. 0.5 ERA over a full year. Yep. Um, there's not much room. There's not much in the margins. So uh, Brad and I are going to look at DFS options for today, for Friday. As usual, there's a ton. And also, as usual... Brad has a uh, the Daily Grind Invitational contest going, so if you want to play along, if you want to do it, it uh, looks like it's at uh, FanDuel today, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brad, how the contest been going? Uh, they've been going well. Uh, we're, we're losing a little bit of steam uh, mm. here in mid-August. Uh, football's uh, getting started. <laughs> yeah, football's getting started. I, I think you, you have some people who have spent through their allotment of DFS money for a year, mm-hmm. and it's... Uh, it's always a hard game, especially when you're throwing money in these large GPPs that have become more and more competitive every year. Yeah. Uh, so if it, the, these daily grind contests, I, I think it's pretty easy to you know, tread water in them uh, or at least make a few bucks. Uh, they're $2. There's 20 people in them. Uh, mm-hmm. Top third get paid uh, generally. So there, there's a lot of ways to place, and that'll mm-hmm. keep you afloat. Yep. And uh, the best part of it is that it's uh, mostly, you know, or it's all Rotographs listeners, and it's a lot of regulars, yeah. so there's a, there's a fun, light community to it, too. And you can play against Brad. So uh, <laughs> if you want to do that, Brad tweets it at Baseball A Team, and it's uh, on our Fangraphs post here, too. But if you can find that, you know, on any of our Twitters, you can find it, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we also have a chat box going for the live show. It's on the Fangraphs post as well, if you want to... Uh, Ask us some questions or comments or interact with us live in the show. Becomes a part of the show. You can do that in there. Okay, Brad, let's go ahead. Let's get into this. Uh, Friday the 19th, there are a full 15 games to pick from. There's a ton. We do our best to not have 100 options at each spot, but there's a lot to go with. So uh, did you have a first impression coming away with this? 
Uh, I was talking to Matt about it because we have our streaming picks, and I know it's an ugly streaming day, but how does it look in general as a DFS day? Yeah, so ugly streaming day means a thousand hitters to choose from. Mm-hmm. And the one thing to watch out for, there's at least six venues that are storm risks tonight, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye on it. It's going to get ugly at a few places, and you'll need to adjust your lineups. Yeah, and the problem with doing a live show like this so far in advance, it's like we can't help you with the weather because yeah. all these games are starting. It's all on you. <laughs> well, it's just hours from now and could totally change. So Tropicana Field will be dry. Yeah. I <laughs> we promise can, you. We can uh, be <laughs> confident in those but check your your weather uh check your resources for that for sure um you know all day rule i don't know if it's rule number one in dfs but it's one of them is to make sure your guys are in the starting lineup you know and uh make sure the weather's okay so um brad we started catcher what are you looking at uh for friday at catcher i had like eight names but who you're yeah, there's a lot of good options that i'll run through my favorites real quick uh there's a lot of guys i like on Vandal specifically, I like Jonathan Lucroy and Yasmani Grandal. They're both uh, more reasonably priced there. Okay. On DraftKings, they're pretty expensive. Uh, Lucroy is in Tampa Bay, not a great hitting park, but uh, mentioned some weather concerns. Uh, you'll know he's dry, and he's up against Van Andreese, who is not so great as a starter. I really like him as a reliever, mm-hmm. uh, but as a starter, he's just uh, leaves a lot to be desired. So uh, I think the Rangers can really get to the race today, put up a pretty big number against them, even though the park is pitcher-friendly. Then Grandal, he's visiting Cincinnati, Great American Ballpark, as we know, uh, Mm -hmm. sea-level Coors Field. And up against Tim Adelman, who's not so much of a great pitcher either, uh, definitely someone you can exploit, and Grandal has that multi-homer potential. Yep, and Uh, that that Reds bullpen as well, not to mention the Reds park. Yeah. You got the Reds bullpen, and that that's become a little bit better over the year, but it's really still quite exploitable. I've been impressed. Especially now that Iglesias is in the back end of it. Yeah, I've been impressed how kind of okay the rotation's gotten too. Uh, not great, but there are some intriguing arms, you know. Uh, yeah, these things tend to even out over time. You're not going to have uh, 11 ERA Alfredo Simone pitching all season. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, um, but I think we're going to... Dodgers is going to be one of a few stacks where you can pick most guys from it uh, with Tim Adelman going for the Reds and the bullpen and whatnot. So uh, I'm totally down with Grandall. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, where else are you looking at, catcher? Uh, I'll name drop Buster Posey. Uh, affordable on both sites up against Seth Lugo, who's probably a three- or four-inning pitcher today. The matchup's fine. It's in San Francisco, not a good hitter's park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could still see the Giants putting together uh, quite a few hits and runs up against Lugo and the bullpen. Digging into bargains a little more, a few exciting ones today. Uh, Mike Zunino is up against, uh, what was it again? Uh, Someone knew that we're not Brent Sutter. Brent Sutter. Yes. That's a a good sign. Uh, I'm not even joking. It's a good sign when you can't remember the name of the guy they're going up against. And not that we... Don't have a lot of info on him, but maybe he isn't a guy that you're supposed to know because he's not particularly great. Uh, Brent Suter making his major league debut. Uh, he's 26. He's a career minor leaguer. He's has an okay ERA, but he's not striking anybody out in the minors, you know. And it's I said in the show this week, and you don't want to scout by minor league box scores and whatnot necessarily, but uh, I think Brent Suter we can confidently pick against, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking at the numbers. He's a lefty, uh, soft tosser. 
I think the profile looks a lot like Adam Morgan to me, uh, another guy who we'll be talking about a lot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, low strikeout weight, low walk rate, and uh, he'll probably get hit around as a result. Uh, and that's good for DFS teams. You you want guys playing the ball and play hitting home runs. Uh, walks are fine, but you, you need some big production too. Yeah, and Mike Zunino's looked great since he's been back. Really changed his approach, and he'll have the platoon advantage against a lefty. So yep. I think that's a green light for sure. What do you think of the Yankees guys getting Jared Weaver? Um, Brian McCann's DHing pretty often, but also Gary Sanchez sure hasn't looked yeah. bad. Do you like either of them against Jared Weaver? Yeah, I do. I, I, I like Sanchez more, I think. Uh, and the, there's some red flags I wrote about him for Roto World today. I'll take a look at my notes here. Uh, the red flags are specifically, uh, as Weaver has a soft tossing righty, uh, he knows how to keep people off balance. Mm-hmm. And Sanchez has been very aggressive, very pull heavy, and hits the ball on the ground. Weaver can exploit that, pitch alone away, might be able to keep Sanchez from doing any real damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, Weaver's an extreme fly ball pitcher, uh, allows a lot of pulled balls too. Uh, so just on those batted ball matchups, uh, kind of does favor Sanchez. Yeah. I also saw a tweet, I didn't look deep into it, but something about how Gary Sanchez has, like, in his very short career, faced some of the hardest uh, uh, pitchers so far. He's had really tough matchups so far, and he's done well. And such a small sample size, I wouldn't read that much into it. But, uh, yeah, talented guy. Been a prospect for a while. Definitely didn't come out of nowhere. So uh, he's interesting. Uh, Yeah. Um, Who else would you have a catcher? Are there any other names that stuck out to you? Uh, last one I'll mention, uh, Tucker Barnhart, a uh, cheap guy uh, for the Reds. Uh, bats towards the bottom of the lineup up against Bud Norris in his return from the disabled list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the matchup at the park. Uh, Norris is a little homer prone, uh, even at a more friendly stadium for him. Uh, so you got a good park for home runs. You got a guy who can hit home runs. Uh, he's not a power hitter by any means, but he does have enough pop to go you know, 10, 15 a year if he's working full time. Yep. And I have no problem punting at catcher either. If you want to go cheap like Barnhart, I think, you know, catcher is one of the positions that's best to do it at. Um, right. I wrote down Matt Weeders getting Colin McHugh, because why not? Colin McHugh has been kind of struggled with both sides of the plate this year, and Weeders is fine. Uh, Evan Gaddis should be able to start against Wade Miley, I think, and him getting a lefty is interesting to me. Uh, he's a little bit of a boomer bust guy. He could easily go for four, but he can take one out of the park uh, against Miley. And I wrote Stephen Vogt getting James Shields because James Shields has gone back to being bad James Shields. Uh, he looked like competent James Shields for a while. He had a bunch of quality yeah. starts, actually. Uh, he's back to pitching like it's June, and that's not a good thing. Uh, it, it, it bums me out. I love James Shields. I want to do better than this, but it's been ugly. Uh, there aren't a lot of Oakland hitters I like, especially against righties, but you could do Stephen Vogt if you wanted to. It's in a good park. And the last name I had is Salvador Perez getting Jose Barrios because Jose Barrios has been ugly. This is a guy who should have a major league future, but ERA is over yeah. nine right now. Doesn't have it yet, and Sal Perez has handled right. He's just fine. So if you wanted to pick some uh, Royals, including Sal Perez, I, there's a ton of options. There's 15 games. There's a lot of places to go. So uh, uh, catcher, you, you don't have to stress about it too much. Um, on the first base, I didn't actually have as many names at first base, which is not common. Uh, Brad, what are you looking at at first base? Well, there's a lot of guys at the top of the pile I think he can really give consideration to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Anthony Rizzo at Coors Field, even though he's against a lefty. 
have Joey Votto against Bud Norris, uh, even a couple Indians, Mike Napoli and Carlos Santana up against uh, Francisco Liriano. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all fine matchups. Uh, take Edwin Encarnacion, and I take David Ortiz. Sure. Uh, they're, you're going to pay for them. They're name brand guys. Uh, they're they're worth paying for, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Adrian Gonzalez uh, gets Tim Adelman. It's part of that Dodger stack. Just yeah, yeah. Gonzalez is particularly good on FanDuel. At DraftKings, he's the most expensive first baseman. I'd probably wow. go for some of the more uh, consistently sure. high octane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Looking they... a little deeper, my, my bargain pick was Kendris Morales. Uh, cheap on both sites. Uh, he's up against Jose Barrios, who huge home run problem so far in his short career. Mm-hmm. Uh, fly ball pitcher, uh, and uh, Morales is a ground ball hitter. And if you tune in regularly, you know I, I like that combination. Uh, tends to favor the hitter. Uh, park is Coffin Stadium, uh, not a great place for power, but that's what Morales is usually dealing with. Uh, since early June, he's hitting like his normal self, something like uh, just under 300 average, good OBP, uh, or slugging percentage over 500, uh, plenty of power. So he's he's hitting well now. I know he had that terrible start to the year, uh, but he looks like himself again and batting fifth in a decent-ish lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as they can, you know, get some runners on base for him, and Hosmer doesn't clean up uh, all the all the run production opportunities, I think Morales could have a good day. Yeah, I have no problem with that at all, especially uh, with that matchup. And I agree; it's you know, don't need to break down Edwin and Rizzo and Napoli and Votto and and all these uh, top names. They have good <laughs> matchups. There's you know, you're gonna pay for it and have a good ceiling on it. Um, I had two other names that were a little more niche and a little more interesting, and they're very opposite. Um, would you consider Joe Maurer getting Edinson Volquez? Platoon advantage there, on-base machine, high floor, not a great ceiling guy? I'd give it a thought if I was putting together a twin stack. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use him by himself. Okay. Uh, and, and the twin stack is going to be one of those plays using a large GPP. Uh, you're hoping that maybe it's one of those days they... Put together ten runs and they've been hot lately. Them. They the yeah, they, they're they're offensive and fine, and they have some good hitters in there. Yeah, uh, they're all good prices, so you can afford good pitching with them too. Yeah, Tw- Twins have been it's rolling. A matter of the expectations, not very high, so they should be pretty unpopular. Yeah, the Joe Maurer high on base, lowish power guys are usually more of a fifty-fifty for me, less of a GPP. Or you just need some points, whereas in GPP yeah, you're hoping you somebody. You could use Maurer in that format too. Uh, yeah. That would be a one-off. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm considering Joe Maurer. On the flip side, uh, I also like Chris Carter getting Wade LeBlanc. So basically, the opposite player in GPP or in DFS uh, ways, in that could easily give you a zero, but he also could hit you two home runs. You know, lower floor, higher ceiling. He gets Wade LeBlanc. He gets a lefty. Uh, Chris Carter has shown stronger splits this year. 986 OPS against lefties this year. Um, it's only, you know, 116 plate appearances, but he's uh, hit nine home runs. You know, he's slugging 606. He, he, strong guy. You know what's up with Chris Carter. He's going to strike out a bunch. A lot less against lefties, though, this year. I don't know. Having a good lefty year. Platoon event should be good. I, I trust him against Wade LeBlanc. Uh, absolutely. Um, are there any other first baseman for you we didn't mention? Well, while you're looking at Chris Carter, I can also mention Chris Davis. Sure. Uh, three home runs his last two games up sure. against Colin McHugh. It's at home. Great place for lefty power. Uh, couldn't, couldn't really ask for anything more, and he's affordable on both sides, too. Uh, so he's a nice play tonight. Uh, yeah. If you're 
looking to dig deep and unpopular, Marvin Gonzalez has Wade Miley. Uh, I think that could work out well okay. uh, again in Baltimore. And then uh, I, I'm playing with the idea of stacking against Zach Greinke tonight. Right, that's a uh, thing, yeah. It's uh, and Will Myers would be one of the the key ingredients of that, even though he won't have the platoon advantage. Uh, still, their best hitter and uh, guy who put together multiple hits, steal bases, hit home runs, uh, has a lot of ways to really contribute to your uh, offensive day. And, uh, so, the, the, I don't know if I'm going to do it in the end, but it's something I'm definitely considering today. Uh, he had a terrible out, outing against the Red Sox last week. Yeah, and just kind of been off all year. He should be better, and you look at the peripherals, and you look at this and that, and he's just getting hit. Just playing getting yeah. it. Uh, and the Padres are not a terrible offense. Not great, but like there are guys on there. I, I don't think picking Padres is insane at all. And Will Myers is good. Um, you mentioned Chris Davis. Anytime we mention Chris Davis, we also mention, you know, cheaper Chris Davis, Pedro Alvarez, uh, who has 18 homers. And doing very well, too. Yeah, he's doing well. Uh, in June, had a 954 OPS. Uh, in July, 824. And off to a great start, you know, at least through August, OPS over a thousand. Not playing as much, but he should get in there against Colin McHugh too. So if you like uh, yep. Chris Davis, you can consider Pedro Alvarez. They're similar profiles, I would say. Um, yeah. Cool. Alvarez has something like 16 home runs and 178 plate appearances since early June. Yeah, he's he's locked in. I is yep. another phrase you could use for it. It's a plus. Um, yeah, so I think about that too. Tons of options at first base. Uh, it's why it's often the last position I fill out. Yeah, fill out the rest of your lineup and then get whoever you can afford at first base because there's a lot of places to go. All right, on to second base. Got to be a little more uh, creative at times at second base. Brad, what are you thinking at second base? So I'm going to note Javier Baez first, just because of an interesting split in prices. Okay. DraftKings, he's 5,200. Ignore the, him. It, you're, you're not paying that for Javier Baez, even at cores. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Anderson's a good enough pitcher that he can easily shut him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3,200 on FanDuel, though, and that's pretty interesting given Baez's ceiling. Yes. Uh, so that, that's a price I'd definitely pay for him. He's a shortstop on FanDuel, though, so that is something to keep in mind. That's Uh, actually helpful. Second base and third base on DraftKings. So (laughs) depending on the site, uh, you have different positions you can use him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he gets a lefty in Coors Field. Yeah. And he he gets the Rockies bullpen. So, yeah, I like that for sure. Top of the pile is Jose Altuve. I don't think we really need to analyze that too much. Uh, He's really good. (laughs) And he gets a lefty, so he's even better. Yeah. Daniel Murphy has just been fantastic this year. He's getting Julio Turan's uh, return from the disabled list. Uh, could be rusty today. Uh, could have a bad game against the Nationals. And uh, Braves bullpen also not so great. Uh, so that's another uh, couple of things to exploit. And uh, National Stack in general looks okay to me today. And as good uh, as Turan's always been, he's always shown a split or a weakness to lefties. So Yeah. Yeah, I like any left-handed hitting Nationals as well. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of Cardinals today. Uh, Matt Carpenter, uh, lefty on lefty, might be a little unpopular because the platoon advantage isn't there. Mm-hmm. Morgan still allows like an 800 OPS to lefties, so you don't have to worry too much about the lack of platoon advantage. And Carpenter is solid against lefties too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of good things to like about that matchup. Uh, should be really high scoring. Morgan allows like 1,000 OPS to righties. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's 
could be pretty ugly in Philadelphia. Their bullpen's starting to fall apart too. Just yeah. uh, overworked. Matt, uh, Matt Carpenter's been awesome for years, and last year he just added power out of nowhere, nowhere, and people didn't know if it would stick. And not quite the same power this year, but still pretty darn good, you know. Uh, yeah, Matt Carpenter is quietly awesome for sure, and so I'm not scared of the lefty on lefty there either at all either. Yeah. Last one I'll mention, uh, or I guess two, if you're looking at DraftKings. Uh, Ryan Schimpf and uh, Jan Gervais-Solarte, uh, both up against the Zach Greinke matchup, I'm considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they both have decent power. Uh, Solarte is a, a high-average guy, put together multiple hits. Uh, I think it's a better profile against Greinke than uh, Schimpf, who's pretty much all or nothing. Yeah, we, so, uh, we talked about him there. We talked about Schimpf last week because I said, uh, admittedly, Matt's a bigger fan than I am. And we talked about how he's kind of an all-or-nothing guy and, you know, swings out of his shoes, could give you zeros, could this and that. Um, and then uh, that day, he had two homers, six RBIs. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it was one of those yeah. days then. And I can't, I'm not saying told you so because I admitted that I was not nearly as uh, on it as, as Matt likes him. But, uh yeah, he gets Granky, and if you want to do that Padre stack, especially on GPP, that's uh, one of the keys to it, I would say, for sure. We did a really lazy comparison this week of him to Jonathan Scope, just in terms of all-or-nothing power second baseman. Uh, definitely not a player comp, just a DFS comp. But uh, yeah, definitely interested in Chimp, for sure. Any other second baseman for you? I'll turn it over to you. Okay, you yeah. I got a long list. Uh, Devin Travis gets uh, Trevor Bauer, and Devin Travis has been nothing but good again. And he's hit he's righty on righty, preferring righties, should be fine. I like Trevor Bauer, but not enough that I'm not taking uh, good Blue Jays guys against him. Uh, Chase Utley going to Cincinnati, just another part of the Dodgers stack against Tim Adelman in the Reds bullpen. No reason not to like that. Uh, Utley s- still has it in the bat, for sure. Um, are you thinking about Logan Forsyth getting Cole Hamels? It's Cole Hamels, but it's Forsyth against a lefty. Yeah, I, I like Forsyth. Uh, Hamels is one of the guys I'm considering most at, at pitcher today. Uh, so that would, by default, eliminate Forsyth from mm-hmm. my uh, lineups. Uh, but if I don't go with Hamels, uh, he is someone I'd consider. How about uh, on the other side, Rugnetador getting Matt Andresi? It's in Tampa Bay. Uh, that, but... that one I like, too. Uh, the, the downside being Tropicana Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when you have Odori, obviously you're hoping for a home run and maybe another hit. Uh, he's he's pretty boomer bust as well. Uh, fits into that uh, Jonathan Scope type category. Mm-hmm. Um, only other names I had. I mean, you can take Ben Zobrist against Tyler Anderson in Colorado. That's just picking Cubs and course. Uh, I don't have anything special on it. He can handle lefties. I definitely can handle the Rockies bullpen. There's nothing wrong with a Cubs stack other than everybody might be doing it. Um, and then, uh, how about last name for me, Gene Segura getting Jared Cozart. Jared Cozart continues to be very whatever. It's in San Diego, but Gene Segura can hit righties. You like that okay? Yeah, that one's fine with me. I, I'm okay with using any number of Diamondbacks today. Yeah. Uh, kind of a point we made at the outset of the show, There, you can use, like, a billion stacks today. <laughs> yeah. Every, every team except for the, uh... You have Johnny Cueto, and probably don't want to use too many rays against Cole Hamels. Yeah. That's about all you have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of upper-tier pitching going on. Um, well, the first game for me on the slate, Rick Porcello getting uh, Michael Fulmer. Like, I didn't pick any That's Red an Sox. Yeah. I didn't pick any I mean, Red Sox or Tigers today. Uh, but... And yet they could still be among the most productive stacks, because that's how their offenses are. They could be. You got any other second baseman, or is that about it? 
I think we've covered enough. Tons. So on to third base. I had six names, a little more moderate. Uh, Brad, what are you looking at at third base? Still a lot of guys to look at here. You got Chris Bryant, uh, pretty obvious play after yesterday's huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my rule of thumb is to try to stay away from players after they have their huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like you're, you're chasing something that you're not likely to get. Sure. Uh, opposite side of that matchup, Nolan Arenado. Uh, love getting him anytime I can. I, I do like Kyle Hendricks, though, and I think he could survive in cores. Uh, so there's competing desires in me with that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love Arenado so much, but I do think that Hendricks is... Uh, could be a sneaky play today. Yeah, we can we can talk about Hendricks when we get to pitching, but he has a one three one ERA at Wrigley this year, three four three on the road, which is not bad, but a significant split. And this will be in yeah. cores. Uh, I agree. I think he's good enough to handle cores, but it's it's not as shiny. I don't know. Arenado yeah, can hit just about not. everything, though. I don't think there's a matchup that I'm not at least considering. Nolan Arenado um, should be fine. Who else you got at third base? If you're thinking about Logan Forsythe, you probably want Evan Longoria, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be uh, your little mini Rays stack. Uh, probably not going too much deeper than that with Rays. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a couple under-the-radar guys. Like I, I, I guess it feels silly calling Alex Bregman under-the-radar, but he's uh, has such a slow start to his career. He's hitting fine now. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's doing what we expect him to do for the most part. Uh, two homers in his last three games, uh, five hits over that period. Uh, he's got some RBIs and runs in there, too, and uh, you know, looking pretty productive, uh, enough so that moving Ilyeski Gurriel to the outfield now. Uh, so uh, there's originally thoughts that Bregman would be the one game pushed to the outfield, but it's going to be Gurriel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bregman up against Wade Miley, a uh, nice righty-on-lefty matchup at a good park for him. Yep, I had that for sure. It's the first time I, I guess I wrote him down in his first few games, but it's been a while since I felt really good about a matchup he had, for yep. sure. No, I like that. And I'll turn it over to you after this one, Jed Jerko, up against Adam Morgan. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Randy's have like a 1,000 OPS against Morgan. It's in yeah. Philadelphia, good park for power. Jerko's all power. Uh, Morgan throws strikes. He's not really going to walk people, so that feeds into Jerko's aggressive mentality. And... Uh, Good matchup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt called me out on it this week because I love Jed Jerko when he gets a lefty in his career. He's always looked awesome against lefties, and he has that sneaky power even when he looked bad. Has not hit lefties yet this year. Um, yeah. And Matt called don't me out on it. I, I didn't. I, I don't. Um, I think that splits against the lefties year to year are so small that they can vary, and I think that uh, Jed Jerko has the talent and the power to run into lefties, even if he's struggled a bit this year. And more importantly, I trust uh, Adam Morgan to not be that good uh, to have his struggles against righties. Uh, so, I, and he's probably not going to go that deep into the game. And then you get into the bullpen and Jerko. The the thing that's encouraging to me is not that Jerko struggled against lefties. He's been good against righties. So, um, I'm with you. I, I trust him. It's... Yeah. So, so I've looked into those splits, <laughs> and when you're looking at handedness splits, what you really want to clue in on is the walk rate and the strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. ISO and like power numbers, those are extremely variable. You need huge samples to really know much about a player's power, uh, just from statistics. Uh, the play discipline, though, you don't need nearly as much. It usually you know, evens out pretty quickly. Yeah. Jerko's strikeout rate's like 10% lower against lefties. Uh, it just happens that he's an 077 OPS, or ISO this year against uh, lefties. That's unusual. It's not going to continue. He's going to rebound to something 
like the 240 range going forward. And against Morgan, probably expect even more than that. Yeah. No. So I'm still in. I definitely like thought twice and like cocked my head, but uh, it's Adam Morgan. It's the Phillies. I think he's going to be just fine. I have Machado getting Colin McHugh. Nothing to really expand on there. Great, great hitter gets a, a whatever pitcher this year. Um, do you like Jose Ramirez getting Francisco Liriano? He's handled lefties pretty well this year. Yeah, he's handled them. Uh, the, the downside is a lack of power mm. at a position where there's a lot of options with power. Uh, it's fine to go after the multi-hit route, especially since he should be pretty unpopular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of on-base potential there. I, like, not I wouldn't. The lazy comparison, at least in this case, is Joe Maurer in terms of high floor, low ceiling. But Jose Ramirez can get you uh, some points if that's what you need at third base. I will point out 5,300 on DraftKings, 3,200 on FanDuel. Uh, so obviously uh, fits much better on one side over another. Yeah, absolutely. I, you don't need 5,300 on Jose Ramirez. <laughs> no. But him getting uh, Lariano, I could see him getting on base for sure. Uh, Justin Turner's part of the Dodgers stack. It's Tim Adelman, handles right, he's fine, been showing power, you know, again lately. Seems to be healthy. If he gets in there, uh, no reason not to like Justin Turner. Um, my last name is Jake Lamb, getting Jared Cozart in San Diego. Uh, he's cooled off a bit, but I think he's good enough to handle Jared Cozart, who's always just been kind of a, a weird mess. At times interesting, but kind of a weird mess. You okay with Jake Lamb going to San Diego? Yeah, I'm wondering if he's not wearing down with the season a little bit. He's mm-hmm. injured for a bit last year, so didn't really have a full year. And uh, hasn't really had, had a, I think, one season that went over 600 plate appearances before. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's just wearing down a little. Sure. Uh, he had a really cold streak, then seemed to rebound, and now he's back in a cold streak. So we'll, we'll see if he can recover, but the matchup is good. Yep. Uh, any other third baseman for you? Uh, that covers it. Okay, I had four shortstops written down, and for 15 games, that's really not a ton. And I, I try and try and keep, you know, to, to less names, to fewer names on Fridays, but I only have four. Um, Troy Tulowitzki gets Trevor Bauer. He's hit righties fine this year, and I, I kind of like the Blue Jays stack against Bauer, who gets strikeouts but is still, you know, doesn't have a great ERA. Um, Francisco Lindor gets Francisco Liriano. You can use Lindor against just about anybody. Handles left too well. That should be, you know, a high floor, uh, pick there. Corey Seager is a prime option in the, the Dodgers stack in Cincinnati. I don't yes. think there's any hesitation. Uh, you might have to pay for it, but I don't have a problem paying for it at that position. Um, and if you want to cheat and hope that Jonathan Villar is still shortstop eligible for you, depending on the format you play in, he gets Wade LeBlanc. He handles lefties. I, you know, I trust... Jonathan VR getting just about anybody. Um, but those were my four names at shortstop. Um, Brad, help me dig a little bit deeper. Where, <laughs> where you, I mean, is it Brandon Crawford getting uh, Seth Lugo? What do you think about that? Yeah, that's, that's definitely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know, a whole giant stack out there. We didn't mention Joe Panic either. Yeah. Uh, but you can go for the multi-run approach with a bunch of giants and you know hope one of them sticks out of the park too. Uh, Carlos Correa is another big name. Uh, pricey up against Wade Miley, great park for power. Uh, pretty pretty easy play if you can afford him. Mm-hmm. Uh, played pretty well lately. Uh, mini slump over the last couple of games, but wouldn't worry about that. Mentioned Javier Baez before, also Addison Russell uh, at Coors Field. Why not? Uh, they're both solid hitters, and they both have a good park to play in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Jorge Polanco is a really high floor guy. I like him a lot against uh, Edison Volquez. 
uh, puts a lot of things in play, has some pop, has some speed. Uh, I, I like the overall profile. I think he's going to be really a good uh, real-world player and a solid DFS asset, too, going forward, especially if he stays cheap. He's been quite inexpensive on both sides, and mm-hmm. if that continues, he's going to be a real value. That might just about round out the guys I really liked. I think there's one more name, and I'm not seeing it right now. Oh, Johnny Peralta against Adam Morgan. That's another no-brainer. Yeah, should be just fine there as well. Okay, on to the outfield. As always, 15 games, you know, 30 outfields to pick from. Uh, Brad, who sticks out to you the most? Where do you think you might go in the outfield? Uh, I'll start by going through a couple of the bargains I really like. Uh, So there's... Cardinal stack in the outfield, too. Uh, a lot of good guys there. Uh, Steven Piscotti's uh, the big one that stands out. Yeah. Tommy Pham's pretty inexpensive, and sometimes bats leadoff. Uh, if he is leadoff, he's going to be really popular. If he's batting eighth, he'll be less popular. Same projections, either position. So I'm almost hoping that he bats eighth so I can use him and not feel like I'm overlapping with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, high power guy, high strikeouts. Morgan's not really a strikeout pitcher, so I think that really fits in well with uh, Fam's strengths. And uh, you know, I mentioned the OPS against righties for Morgan. Uh, Fam's a high OPS guy, too, so it really lines up well. Good chance for a home run out of him. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting option. Brandon Geyer's getting a lefty, and you know, that's always desirable. Uh, Francisco Liriano this time, so that's uh, uh, not the easiest matchup. Uh, but still, a uh, guy who has almost a thousand OPS against lefties, uh, great numbers, rarely strikes out, uh, really good fit against the uh, Blue Jays today. Yep, I like that. And when the, the Indians get a lefty, not only do I like Brennan Guyer, I like Rajai Davis too. Uh, yeah. Most people aren't as into him as I am, but I, I love him getting a lefty. Should we just Rajai Davis is good, and you can even Abraham Amante will probably start too. You can mm-hmm. use him as well. That's that's going a little more full stack that I probably intend to against Liriano, uh, but Indi- I find myself going back to the Indians again and again. They're one of the teams that I stack most frequently. Mm-hmm. Like the Padres, as I mentioned, as a, a bit of a fade, and Alex Dickerson would be a big part of that. You also go Travis Jankowski had a big game yesterday. A speedy guy puts things in play, and that fits pretty well against Granky. Uh, same with Dickerson. Uh, only 15% of his outcomes are strikeouts or walks. Uh, so everything else is in play. He hits it pretty well. Uh, good pop, uh, good line drive rates, and uh, I think it really lines up well against the narrative we're constructing against Grinky, uh, being a guy who's going to give up a lot of hits if he has an off day. Yeah, Matt and I talk about Jankowski and Dickerson a lot, especially Jankowski. Uh, I, I suggested the other day that he might be uh, more fun of a player than he is a good baseball player, and Matt got defensive <laughs> about him, but uh, puts up points. Yeah, and he and he can take a walk. He can get on base. So, uh, yeah, uh, I like that. And I think, you know, I don't think picking against Cranky is crazy in San Diego. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm into both of them. Um, where else are you looking in the outfield? Uh, depending on your format, Trey Turner is either an infielder or a, an outfielder. Uh, if he's outfielder for you, love the matchup against the Braves. They're just terrible holding base runners. Uh, so you're looking at a Billy Hamilton type game. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets on base multiple times and uh, actually steals bases. Uh, the, the downside with Hamilton, of course, is his OVP. Turner doesn't have that issue. He actually reaches. Uh, so there should be plenty of opportunities for him to take a base or two today and yeah. score some runs. Uh, I like that. If you like that, uh, is that a Ben Revere day, too? Not only that, Ben Revere, lefty, and Julio Tehran. 
He's just been so bad. It's hard to use him in DFS here. He's been bad. I I, I want to say yes. I I talk him up in uh, streaming as streaming pick uh, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. But I just can't bite the bullet in DFS. Five fifty five OPS, which is frustrating because again on paper you're like, oh yeah, like left hander, like Braves can't hold runners. But when you're that bad, uh, that makes it that makes it hard to do. Um, I had to check because one of my preseason bold predictions was that Ben Revere would outsteal the New York Mets. Uh, <laughs> and then on the first day of the season, he got hurt. He only has 11 steals. It looked like when he came back, it was going to do okay. But he's now played in 80 games and only has 11 steals. That's kind of tough. Um, the Mets only have 28 steals, though. So, I mean, in terms of <laughs> that half of the prediction, I was on the right track. Uh, right track, wrong guy. Should pick Jonathan VR. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, no, looking at it, you're right. He's just, you would, if this were a year ago, you know, it'd be a little bit different, but not running enough. But Trey Turner, definitely. Or any other, uh, you know, Nationalist guys you're hoping might run. Um, who else do you have in the outfield? Uh, Josh Reddick and any other Dodgers you want to use. I happen to be a big Reddick fan, uh, up against Tim Adelman. Again, that's a, just a fantastic park for power. That's going to be a great stack to target tonight. Unfortunately, it's going to be very popular. Uh, them and the Cardinals would be the two stacks I figure are most popular tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I like him. Him and Peterson, there should be plenty of places to get points there, um, for sure. Um, do you like Twins guys getting Volquez, like uh, Max Kepler? Yeah, Max Kepler's fine. Uh, I think that's the one that really stands out in the outfield right now. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, Ryan Braun getting Wade LeBlanc right down lefty? That's a green light, right? Even though yep. it is it's in Seattle. It's a right-hander in Seattle, but I think it'd be okay. Um, how about Dexter Fowler going back to Coors Field getting Tyler Anderson? He's been a bit cold lately, but he can handle lefties just fine. Should lead off for the Cubs. Yeah, that's another one I like. Uh, Fowler's a guy I'm in on this year. Uh, Sad he missed that big chunk in the middle of the season because he was having a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down Michael Saunders getting Trevor Bauer. Again, if you want some Blue Jays against him, I think that's going to be just fine. Um, are you back in on Bryce Harper at all, getting Julio Tehran, or is it just too I, iffy? His price has come down enough that, yeah, I think it's reasonable to go after him. Yeah. I'm not back in on him as a, a, someone who's Mike Trout. Uh, I'm not considering that Trout or... Harper conversation yeah. anymore. He hurt his uh, but, stock in that way, for sure. Yeah, uh, but there's there's still plenty to like about Harper. He seems to be hitting just fine right now. Uh, also, stolen base threat. He can run and mm-hmm. uh, match up against the Braves. Yep, Dusty will send him. Um, and then uh, Nelson Cruz gets that lefty and Brent Suter. We oh, don't yeah. pick that many uh, Mariners, but you know the right-handed one. You can say Franklin Gutierrez, but he's been cold. I want him to be better, but he's been cold so far. Um, but yeah, Nelson Cruz against Brent Suter, you'll pay for it, and I think it'd be fine. Um, last couple names I had in the outfield: George Springer gets a lefty and Wade Miley, and should be just fine. Uh, often near the top of that Astros lineup, and likes to hit lefties. Uh, that should be a good one on a day that they should score some runs. And then my favorite Baltimore outfielder right now might be Hyunsu Kim, and he gets Colin McHugh, and I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, I don't think Adam Jones and Mark Trumbull are slouches by any means. But uh, Hyunsu Kim is a lefty, and he gets Colin McHugh, and should be fine. Do you like Hyunsu Kim? Yeah, I like Kim uh, coming off a big day, and uh, Mark Trumbo's back on track a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there, there, there's Orioles to use today too. Yeah. 
Um, are there any other outfielders for you that need to be mentioned? I'll, I'll mention the Yankees. Uh, mainly Aaron Judge would be the one that people are excited about and interested mm-hmm. in, uh, showing good power up against Jared Weaver. Uh, I can also think about uh, the other guys, too, uh, Ellsbury and Gardner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know, fine matchup, a guy that they should be able to hit. Yep. Uh, not, not nearly as exciting, but uh, could be a, a decent game for them. Yeah, it's not like the Angels' bullpen's that great either. So No, that's pretty bad. Yeah. It's one of the Angels and the Reds are the teams I exploit for their bullpens for the yeah. most part. I'd add D-backs to that list, too. They've been yeah. pretty bad. Um, okay, let's get on, on to pitching, because you said there's a bunch of, uh, a lot of hit, more hitters than pitchers today, it feels like. I mentioned Rick Porcello and Michael Fulmer getting each other. Not great matchups for either, but some of the better pitchers on the day. Um, are you at least considering either of them? I'm not really, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have anything against using them. Uh, it's just that I don't care for their matchups or their prices. Uh, especially Fulmer is reasonable and Fandle at 8,800, but they're both above 10,000 on, well, Fulmer's 9,800 on DraftKings. Uh, Purcello is 11,400, mm-hmm. uh, which is too much for me. Yeah. Um, in- interesting pitchers, tough matchups for sure. I wrote down Garrett Cole against Miami, one of the few bona fide pitchers out there. It's a fine matchup, right? Yeah, it's a fine matchup, and I'd even think about Tom Kohler on the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, it's... He he's obviously at a disadvantage. Uh, probably a better fit for a DraftKings lineup where you're you know going with two pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he's been pitching solidly and you know, keeps keeps the team in the game. Cole's had some clunkers too, so could wind up getting lucky and getting some support. Yeah, um, Tom Kohler one three six ERA in his past five starts. Uh, I mean it's only five starts and it's ERA, but pitching okay right now and he has his good outings. Um, He's going to be my Field of Streams pick uh, just because the options are so bad today. Uh, but he's less than 50% owned. He's 47%. Um, so that's where I'm going to go. He's going to Pittsburgh, which doesn't really scare me as an offense. They're not, you know, punching bags by any means, but not that scary, at least for righties. So I'm taking Tom Kohler there um, in, in that contest. Not necessarily DFS, just because not the same ceiling, but could have an okay matchup for sure. Um, are you considering Trevor Bauer against Toronto, or is it just hard to pick anybody against Toronto? It's hard to pick against Toronto, and Bauer's turned back into a pumpkin. Yeah. He, he lost a lot of home runs, and it's just a bad matchup for him. Yeah. How about Cole Hamels going to Tampa Bay? I like Cole Hamels against Tampa Bay. Um, we mentioned a couple rays that could be used to feed. Dodges those two. I think he has a fine outing. Yeah. Uh, there's not too much to worry about. They traded half of their good lefty mashers away and Hamels is a way of uh, nullifying lefty mashers anyway he's uh, he's got that change up it's always carried him through his career and really destroys righties and he has a 288 ERA in the year like I don't it's hard to say this and it's a whole other conversation but he's just always felt underrated to me or you know part of it's like you know having low win totals a lot through a lot of his career but just consistently like pretty good ratios and 288 ERA yeah. again this year quietly should be just fine. So yeah, him going to Tampa Bay, I like that well. Um, Tanner Roark going to the Braves is next on my list. That's green light for you, right? Yep, definitely a green light. Uh, better fit for FanDuel. Uh, price is a lot cheaper there. And uh, it's it's hard to, with DraftKings, when you're doing a two-pitcher thing, uh, if you're going to pay more than 10000 for a pitcher and he's 10600 mm-hmm. you, you want a guy who's either 
very consistently deep into a game or very consistently high strikeout totals. And Roark tends to sit around mid-six innings and, like, five strikeouts. I think he can do better today. There's more upside because uh, it is the Braves. Uh, but they're they're not a high strikeout team either, so that limits his ceiling a little bit too. That's true. That's true. So doable, but not a slam dunk necessarily. Yeah. We mentioned Kyle Hendricks going to Colorado, and I'm at least thinking twice because of the home road splits. Are you are you considering Kyle Hendricks? He's good enough. It could go well, but is this a DFS option for you? Yeah, I'm giving it some strong consideration in part because I think he'll be very unpopular. Mm -hmm. And if he's not very unpopular, then I've made the very, very wrong decision. (laughs) (laughs) The the idea is basically that you're getting a guy who's owned by 5% of the field and can perform just as well as a a Tanner Roark or someone else and it's cheaper. Uh, That's... That's the whole justification towards using him. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, just just go with Roark or Purcell or whoever. You know, it's going to be a little more reliable. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, uh, Masahiro Tanaka going to the Angels. That's a green light, right? Yeah, green light, especially with the matchup against Weaver. Should get run support. And mm-hmm. uh, Scott Dodge, that Mike Trout. Yep. Um, last name. I have two more names. Uh, Johnny Cueto gets the Mets. Also a green light. Maybe one of the safest picks yeah. of the day. Yeah, I think that's top pick of the day. The Mets lineup's kind of a mess, and up against uh, Seth Lugo should be an automatic win. Yeah, um, and Seth Lugo is the other name on my list. Seth Lugo doing kind of a spot start, kind of an interesting guy out of the Mets bullpen. You're not really thinking about him in DFS-wise, mostly because he won't go that deep, right? Uh, again, 2 yeah, 6 he, he's, yeah. he's been he's good. He's looking like three or four innings today. Yeah. He's been good. He's interesting. If they were to stretch him out into a starter, which I think is a conversation they've had, we can have that. You know, we can have that conversation one day. It'll be interesting when he's stretched out a bit. Yeah, I think there's some potential there. Interesting guy, but uh, not on Friday. Not today. Just not stretched out enough, right? He he entered their season at, this season as basically their only minor league starting pitching prospect that could be in the majors this year. Uh, sometimes you get guys like who surprise and come out of nowhere to do that, but they were really relying on their starting five and hopefully Zach Wheeler to be mm-hmm. their higher rotation. Uh, that's uh, that's been exposed a little bit, and Lugo being used out of the bullpen lately has uh, limited their flexibility too. Yeah, I lied. I have one more name to mention because out of all the streaming options, which are not great, uh, Matt picked Kendall Graveman going to the White Sox. And it's hard to have a lot of trust in Kendall Graveman, but uh, also he doesn't have a lot of trust in the White Sox as a frustrated White Sox fan. So (laughs) Matt's taking Kendall Graveman. There's not a lot of upside to that pick, but it's not going to shock me if he has a quality start there either. So uh, wish he had more strikeouts. Not really a DFS place to go. Brad, I I hogged all the the pitching discussion. (laughs) Uh, Were there other guys on the slate that you're looking at? So I'm going to build a narrative for... Adam Wainwright, and why you should consider using him. Okay. Uh, We know what he can be. A really good pitcher, pitches deep into a game, gets strikeouts. But he's not really been that this year. Uh, Can't really count on that happening. Uh, Last two outings have been terrible. One of them was even against the Braves, and he was still terrible. He's been cold. Uh, So it's looking pretty bad for Wainwright. That should scare a lot of people away. And uh, I would expect a very low ownership rate on him. 
has what should be an automatic win against Adam Morgan as long as he does anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, so if, if you get Wayne Rand in the night race day, you're getting an automatic win. You might get six, seven easy innings against the Phillies, uh, some strikeouts in there. Could turn into you know, a, a solid outing, one of the top ones of the day, without really anyone else playing in the same ownership pool. Right. The risk being... Uh, on uh, uh, FanDuel, his price is comparable to uh, Roark. Uh, it's more than uh, Hendricks and Kohler. Probably just want to use those guys instead. Yeah. Uh, on DraftKings, 6,600, uh, one of the cheaper guys of the day. And that'll let you pop out uh, Johnny Cueto. If you spike both of those, you're sitting pretty. Right. And so the play for Wainwright is, one, hoping he's not popular, which might not be... Two, in the Phillies are capable of rolling over, you know, and hoping that there's a bad one there. So that's a GPP, uh, pardon me, a GPP play for me, right? Yes. Just taking yes. a stab. Yes, not something you're trying in any kind of small format. Yeah, uh, but but I could see it. It could certainly within the realm of possibility. Um, any other pictures on here halfway interesting to you? I think we've pretty much run it down. Uh, uh, there's always a chance Zach Greinke has a good day, too, along mm-hmm. the same vein of Wainwright. Uh, just guys with stuff and know how to pitch. It's just they're not working out this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so those are our pitching options. Let's take a peek at Saturday and Sunday before we get out of here. Um, again, streaming on, on Saturday wasn't great either. There's a lot of options, but none that are super exciting. AJ Griffin gets the raise. He's so righty. He can he can get out righties, uh, struggles with lefties. I'd think about that. Hellickson gets the Cardinals. They've been hitting. David Phelps gets the Pirates. I'm half interested in him as a streamer. Brett Anderson's back gets the Reds after, I believe, he went one inning in his debut and then got hurt. Uh, but I'm a sucker. I like to see him out there. But um, I'm just playing it safe and taking Bartolo Colon against the Giants. Um, you and I answered some tweets about some streaming guys, and I usually don't like going against the Giants just because there aren't strikeouts there. But they're also not that scary of an offense either. And I guess when right. I'm taking Bartolo, I'm not looking for his strikeouts really anyway. So just him for him to go deep. So um, I, I like that as a streaming option. It's in San Francisco. Matt's taking Robbie Ray getting San Diego. Um, Robbie Ray's looked okay lately, especially. I mean, he's got the Mets a couple times, and that went well. Um, guys that don't have a ton of guys at lefties. And I don't think San Diego's that scary against lefties right now. Um, no. So. I think that Matt's pick of Robbie Ray on Saturday is, is not a bad one either. Um, anything stick out to you on the, the Saturday slate, either games you want to watch or DFS-wise or, or just, you know, looking at the calendar? Yeah, I'm very interested in Ray in general, a uh, uh-huh. guy who seems like he's always pitching uh, on Friday or the weekends. Cause I, I think I've said a dozen times this year, he's just someone who I, I see a lot of potential in and... Uh, could turn into one of those top pitchers if he has a command breakout. I mean, he's showing some glimmers of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much a breakout as uh, subtle improvements. And uh, we'll, we'll take those two. Uh, also interested to see Luke Weaver against the Phillies. Uh, mm-hmm. Good test to see if he's really viable as a fancy option this year. If he can handle the Phillies, he is probably at least someone you can think about against weak opponents if they get to him uh, yeah. as uh, he has trouble like his first outing, then you know, if you can't succeed against the Phillies, you're probably not looking at you as a, an option. Yeah, he didn't have a very fair debut. He had to get the Cubs in Wrigley. And then he yeah, went, four, went four innings to run, and you're just two runs. And you're like, what do I take away from that? I can't take anything away from that. <laughs> oh, 
uh, like I don't blame him for getting whooped on. I don't know. So yeah, him getting the Phillies will be much more interesting for sure. Um, anything else to get to you on Saturday? Uh, this David Phelps versus Chad Cool game in uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. A couple guys who are streamer options. Uh, interesting just to see how viable they are going forward, uh, pitching against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then we'll peek at Sunday as well. Um, Matt's playing it safe on the streaming side with Mike Leake getting the Phillies. That's Mike Leake is one of those most boring options out there, but that's a fine matchup for him. Should be fine. I'm getting barely marginally more thrilling and exciting by taking Irvin Santana at the Royals. Uh, he's 50% owned, but, um, so he's right on the bubble of how that contest works. But, uh, Irvin Santana has been very okay lately. Uh, yeah. He's a three-four-three ERA on the year. Uh, has a bunch of quality starts in a row. Not exciting by any means, but I think he can handle the Royals, who are just not that scary lately. But yeah, and then also on Sunday, top of the day, Eduardo Rodriguez against Justin Verlander is interesting. Corey Kluber against the Blue Jays. Want to see how we can do that? Uh, you know, it's been good. And Sunday night baseball, Noah Syndergaard against Jeff Samarja should be interesting too. Um, Jeff Samarja has shown bad splits, and the Mets have plenty of lefties. But they've also just been not that good. Um, anything sticking out to you on Sunday, Brad? Uh, on the subject of Irvin, he's uh, he's actually been one of my better earning pitchers this year. Mm-hmm. Pitches deep in the games isn't really the flashiest guy, but when you're in a small contest and you get eight innings out of somebody, uh, it can be really valuable. And uh, he's supplied me with some good DFS days. He's up against Dan, Danny Duffy. That should be a fun matchup to watch in general. Danny Duffy's putting it together. It's finally, you know, yeah. a little post, post, uh, post-type post sleeper, you know. Where he's there's, like... there's some talk of uh, Cy Young contention for him. Uh, he'll, have to, he'll have to run strong all through the, the rest of the season. Uh, he, he doesn't have a lot of margin for error because he started the year in the bullpen. Yeah, 100, uh, but... 132 innings, but 143 strikeouts, 27 walks. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm shocked because I haven't I haven't looked too closely, but when I've taken a peek at his numbers, I don't really see obvious differences yeah. uh, from the past. Not uh, to explain why he's become so good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that could be an interesting matchup for him against the Twins. We have some guys that hit lefties, but yeah. Um, and then I mean, Kenta Maeda gets Anthony DeScalfani. Those are two mid-range pitchers that I'm a little bit interested in too. So lots of stuff going on on Sunday. Um, that should about do it for us for the weekend for this show. Uh, Brad, do you have anything uh, else going on before we get out of here? Are you writing about anything unique other than Dynasty stuff and DFS stuff? I'm digging up a few interesting topics for a daily grind uh, for the first section. Uh, wrote about uh, PRP injections the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, enriched plasma. You, you see baseball players game them all the time. There's no science that says it works. <laughs> sure. It's, uh, there's, there's no data from MLB players that says it works. It's just something that they, all, all professional athletes swear by it, but there's literally no findings. And, you know, like you'll, you'll have a guy like uh, Aaron Nola got the other day, and he mm-hmm. has a, a mild UCL strain, uh, what, what would be called a grade one strain. It's, uh, there's no tearing or rupture to it, uh, just pretty much inflammation. In that case, you're expected to be a full recovery without any kind of treatment. I don't know. I'll say 80% of the time, 90%. It's very likely that he'll be fine if he rests and rehabs properly. 
so if you go ahead and assign the PRP injection, the reason to uh, reason as why he's healthy again in the future, it's kind of a, a misnomer. Uh, so the, the people who support the PRP injections, they'll tend to point to things like that, where it's like, well, he's probably going to recover anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can't really assign you any credit for that. It's hard to nail down for sure. And there's a little yeah. bit of a, it can't hurt mentality to it. I'm sure. True. Uh, yeah. And that is pretty much the, the best <laughs> best argument for it is like maybe it works yeah we don't know it doesn't it's not gonna blow you up so yeah we can't definitively prove it doesn't work yeah um so brad is on twitter at baseball a team writing about prps and about uh (laughs) and about uh all sorts of fantasy stuff well you know writes dynasty writes dfs both ends of the spectrum basically um yeah i'm on twitter at higgins fos love to get feedback on the show hear what you guys think Brad, you got any plans this weekend? Playing ball? Uh, yeah, if it doesn't storm tomorrow, we'll play some baseball and I uh, don't know what else is going on. Probably yeah. chores and boring stuff. How's your uh, <laughs> How's your shoulder doing? Uh, shoulder's doing okay. Even pitched three innings, and they oh, weren't boy. very exciting innings. Uh, we we had a, a bit of a, a nightmare scenario last weekend. Uh, our main catcher is mono. Our backup catcher was called up to the reserves. Third catcher was is our manager, who's not really a catcher. He's a middle infielder. He broke his thumb mid-game. Oh, boy. Our fourth catcher, who is a lefty, was pitching, so he wasn't available. So we had to go to a fifth catcher and a sixth catcher and a seventh catcher just to get through that game. That's fine. Uh, it turned into a bit of a nightmare. And right. the guy who was catching was supposed to be the uh, main reliever, too, so that turned into me. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that is uh, that is a mess. It's fun when it happens in the major leagues. Probably less fun when it happens here on team, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that should about do it for us. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining our our live show on Friday, Brad. Th- thanks again for uh, for joining me for doing this. We have about uh, five or six of them left going through September of, of these live shows. Gotta gotta come back, round up some more of our guests. I haven't had a guest in a, in a few weeks, so <laughs> get some more of those down the stretch. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. Good luck with your picks this weekend. Uh, For Brad, I'm Dylan. I'll be back on Monday with Matt, and I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy, or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.